You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On our podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The conversation you're about to join was inspired by our fall 2023 sermon series, In the Wilderness. In this sermon series, we're walking with the Israelites from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land and looking at what we can learn about trusting God more, even when the journey looks different than we anticipated or expected. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. Before the services even started, uh, you know, we do our weekly gathering of the tech team, the worship team. and Yeah, we run through uh, the service and then pray. Yeah, and uh, I mentioned, well, if anyone wants to know your sermon, just look on your whiteboard in your office. And you're like, well, that's not really all of it. And so I'm curious, uh, what was the shift between what's on your board and uh, what ended up getting preached? Oh, good question. So the way my week kind of goes is... Sleep, you know, sleep, sleep, do whatever you want, Saturday cram. Right, because pastors only work on Sunday. Yeah. So, um, no, but so Sunday is kind of the big day with all the services and the preaching and all that stuff. And then Monday, you know, we come in, we record the podcast at some point. There's usually some follow-up stuff I want to do because of stuff that I heard on Sunday or information that's come in, questions, that kind of stuff. And so Monday kind of wraps up my week. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday, I begin to shift my focus toward the next week. Mm-hmm. And so often on Tuesday, I will sit down, open up my Bible, and get out a dry erase marker and just start mm-hmm. working through the passage that... I felt led to preach from this week when I was developing the sermon series. And uh, I'll just start making notes about where I think I might be going or things that stick out to me, things the Spirit seems to be drawing some attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what goes up on the whiteboard. And I kind of stare at that as I'm thinking about things over the next few days while I'm you know, preparing stuff for committee meetings and having other conversations with people one-on-one or in small groups or whatever until, you know, either Thursday, if I get to it in time, or Saturday, uh, when I sit down to actually kind of write out my notes and thoughts for the sermon. And all this week, I kind of had in my head that the focus of this message was going to be on trusting God as the one who made the promise. Mm. And that sometimes when God has made a promise, we we still run into challenges. And so God had promised to Abraham that he was going to bring his descendants back to the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. And God had promised to Abraham or to Moses that he was going to use him to bring the people up out of Egypt into the promised land. Yeah, And this is kind of the climax point of that right Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of where i was thinking all week long until i started to like sit down and actually write i was like this this doesn't seem to be coming together Mm -hmm. and then for whatever reason i'm gonna say the holy spirit i thought about that phrase that my mom always said delayed obedience is disobedience Mm -hmm. and it all kind of seemed to click together and i was able to just sit down and write out the sermon and make my notes and 
there we go. You got yeah. what you got on Sunday morning. Yeah. Huh. Now, what some people got out of Sunday morning was uh, the impending doom that loomed over you and Meg's relationship uh, early on uh, due to your uh, sport affiliations. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell us about what happened and how you got past it? Meg and I started to get to know each other in the fall of 2003, so 20 years ago. That is a staggering realization to make. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) 20 years ago. Uh, And we started dating... At the end of January of 2024, mm-hmm. which, if anyone is a good sports fan and remembers, was just days before the Eagles played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first time, uh, 2004 Super Bowl. So at that time, Meg was serving as a youth volunteer with a uh, local church that was just off campus from where we were studying at Asbury. So she could walk over there and all that. They were having a Super Bowl party. So she asked the youth leaders if she could bring her new boyfriend to come hang out with the youth kids and, you know, be a good example of, you know, a a new young Christian relationship. And uh, they said, yeah, sure, that'll be great. First of all, this is a terrible idea for me. To this day, I will not watch games that I care about with youth kids. Uh, <laughs> and that includes his own kids. Uh, sometimes. We're watching the game, and that game ended. A very close game. I believe it ended with a field goal made by the Patriots that kind of sealed the thing. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there. Middle of Kentucky. Middle of Kentucky. <laughs> Sitting there in deep mourning internally. And she's like, oh, well, that was just a game. I'm like, ooh. She's like, oh, cool, you got to be a good example. Like, you don't understand. (laughs) You don't understand. And so that is why our relationship almost ended before it really even began. But we were able to... Work. I don't remember exactly what that looked like. I think Meg just realized she needed to give me some space. <laughs> She's been doing it ever since. She went and, you know, hung out with the kids in the kitchen or whatever. And I just sat there on the couch for a few more minutes. But, um, yeah, so that that's why Meg's New England Patriots fandom. Almost How long did it take for her to, like, commit to the Eagles? Uh, it was... So let's see, that was the Super Bowl in 2004. We got married in June of 2006. Mm -hmm. So it was probably that 2005 season that my brother-in-law said something to her because we were engaged at that point. And so we've never purposefully put on a New England Patriots game. I was about to say, so what uh, New England team did you convert to as a a one-for-one I tried to start rooting a little bit for the Red Sox. Okay. Help bridge that gap with her family, but Mm -hmm. they're not really baseball fans anyway. Okay. And so, you know, I tried that for a little. And then 2008 happened with the Phillies, and they were, you know, that core team that went to the Super Bowl. And 
Cor- yeah. yeah, that core baseball team that went to the Super Bowl. For the record, it is first thing on Monday morning, and here we are. No, they went to the World Series and won in 2008, and that kind of reignited my love for the Phillies. And I said, oh, sorry, Red Sox. You know it's bad when I'm correcting you on sports. Yeah. <laughs> Back. My gosh. Real other, like... Main focus, because we're going through the wilderness and we're going to be discussing trust a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important because we could talk about it every single week of the entire year. And yet we would not, most of us would struggle fully trusting God in all areas of our life mm-hmm. and with every decision that we make. Well, that's because that's part of it, right? That we can feel like we've got this trust with God thing figured out. And then something else happens in some other part of our life. And it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. wait, you mean I got to trust God there too? Yeah. And so uh, what, what I'm curious about, uh, since we were talking about like delayed obedience is disobedience and talking about how like God called them to go conquer uh, the Canaanites earlier and they didn't because they didn't trust the two spies out of the ten. And then they finally try and do it, and Moses didn't go with them, Ark of the Covenant didn't go with them, and they failed horribly. And so I'm curious if there was, whether it be a a small instance or a large life decision where you thought you were being faithful to what God was telling you to do from Scripture, and then he just kind of kept closing the doors or making it so it wasn't as successful as you thought. True confessions time? Sure. I don't know that we were supposed to go back to Uganda for our second term. Ooh. Why? Well, after everything that had happened with our car accident towards the end of our first term and where we were emotionally and relationally and all that kind of stuff, mentally, I don't know that it was the right time. And Mm. I think there was some other stuff that God wanted to do in us. And so that in between time, we we struggled to raise our fund, our fundraising stuff to go back as missionaries Mm -hmm. Uh, took longer than we anticipated. Got a couple other offers of things we could do, even, even staying in ministry. But we felt like we had this call to go to Congo and we were holding so tight onto what we had heard God say at one point mm-hmm. that I don't know that we were willing to hear his voice in the midst of that moment. Mm-hmm. And part of that was that if we didn't, the accident felt even more pointless. Because mm. that was, you know, involved with us exploring opportunities in Congo and a trip to Congo. And if we didn't go back and we didn't keep working towards that, mm-hmm. then it really didn't matter. And so I'm not sure that we were supposed to go when we did. Mm-hmm. And I have spent uh, a good amount of time wondering what could have been yeah. if we hadn't or what uh, heartache could have been spared Mm-hmm. If we hadn't gone back when we did, if we'd been more willing to hold those plans loosely and, and walk closely with God in the midst of 
that uncertainty and that not knowing and to have listened for his guidance more clearly in the midst of that time. And it's not that he didn't use that time and it wasn't a fruitful time, but it might have just not been the most fruitful place you could have been compared to being in tune with him. Yeah, and and that second term, there was, there was a lot of really hard stuff. It's one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda, I wonder what if situations. We can't, we can't go back. We still have to live with the results of those choices and the consequences of those choices. But I think God has used it in different ways to shape us. And, you know, he didn't just give up on us because we chose to go back to Uganda. Jeremy, do you have any stories that kind of fit in with what you're asking me or describing about a time when you you asked the question? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Got any stories? Yeah, no, I think um, I think going to nursing school, it was mm-hmm. very much like a people are always going to be dying, so they're always going to need nurses. It's helping people mm-hmm. and it makes good money. Mm-hmm. So, like, why wouldn't God want me to help people? Mm-hmm. Was kind of the mindset, and I already had like a good stomach for the vile, <laughs> and so. Um, yeah, so I just thought like, and, and and people kept telling me growing up too because I'd like have no problem watching surgery videos or Ripley's Believe It or Not with like all the deformities and stuff like that, and because I was good with old people and you know went to shut in ministries and all these kind of things, um, that that's where I think like everyone else was pushing me, and I just mm-hmm. assumed based off of helping people that it's also what God would want me to do. But it was kind of more just like a pragmatic. Yeah, yeah. So, like, when I got to my junior year, yeah, junior year, and I'm already doing horrible in school, I I was going to a counselor, therapist, whatever, and they also did, worked with hypnotherapy. Mm. And their whole thing is it's not like the movies where you, like, right, right, right. <laughs> jingle the, the watch back and yeah, forth. Yeah, the watch back and forth, and then I'm a zombie and I do it every once. It was more like um, basically you get like an audio file to replay while you're sleeping, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to give a little boost to the desires you already have is how it was described to me. Okay. And so like, if you already yearn for something, this like is giving subliminal support to that. Mm -hmm. And, um, after a few months and like almost no benefit in that direction, uh, the guy was like, maybe you just really don't want to be studying for nursing school. Mm. Like, even though like, you don't want to be seen as a failure. You don't like he didn't say this, but like this is me. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you don't want to be seen as a failure. You don't want to have wasted this money. Uh, you don't want to refigure out what your future career is. So like those are the factors behind you wanting to study, mm-hmm. but you don't actually want to study for these things and mm-hmm. like move forward. And so that's kind of where I had the realization of like, maybe this wasn't supposed to be it. And I don't know what the alternative is, but mm-hmm. I don't think this is it. And then even, even after taking a break, like I was like, well, I'm already so far in nursing school. And like, it's still like, it, it took me until, um, as we talked about before, it's like it took until going to Columbia and relying on mm. God daily sure. for me to have that shift and be like, oh, yeah, that's not it at all. I don't need to even 
bother with any of that. But, you know, God was still able to use that time where all that training helped me take care of my grandfather when I was living like his main health at home person for a couple years. Uh, Rebecca's a nurse, so I know all the lingo, or most of it. I never made the senior year. Um, and like we can share clinical stories. And I've, I've walked with other nursing students in, in our college programs and uh, stuff like that at church. And the timeline wouldn't have worked out for Rebecca and I to meet in the season that we met if sure. I didn't, um, you know, spend who knows how many tens of thousands of dollars at nursing school. Mm -hmm. It was all used for good. I just don't think that maybe is where God would have directed me to go if I had simply asked him and like genuinely desired his answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And college and and prepping for college and prepping for college is all uh, very challenging and overwhelming. And therefore, uh, trusting in God is really, really important in that. And even just involving him in the decision Mm -hmm. uh, versus just uh, trying to figure it all out based off of Google recommendations and our friends' recommendations and all that kind of stuff. And the money is definitely a big factor. I mean, when you look at things like, for me, I didn't even consider out of state just because of finances. And so there's definitely limitations, but we don't have a God that has limitations. Mm. So I think just uh, going wherever you feel like he's trying to send you. And if you don't feel like he's trying to send you anywhere specific, well, then, you know, then you have your backup options, but trying to include him in that. Yeah, he has good plans for us, yeah. and and he wants good things for us. He's not, I don't think God is often trying to send us into terrible, awful situations that are going to be Yeah, awful I'm thinking, what if we shift this to our audience? Because I know most of our high schoolers do not listen to this. Mm-hmm. Though we do have a couple, and I appreciate you guys. That career and retirement, mm. you know, sometimes I feel like it's a... Well, I've been doing this job for 20, 30 years, and so I'm going to do this now until I retire. But have you ever been open to maybe God's leading you somewhere else? Mm. You know, career shift partway through. Yeah. Or, I mean... Here I am as pastor, which was never on the table. But but I think even also it's it's worth people thinking about, you know, what does it look like in our retirement? You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not really a concept we find in scripture. God never says, All right, you've hit a certain age now, you're done, except for some of the Levites who are responsible for carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. They hit a certain point and he's like, All right, you guys are too old to do this. Like, <laughs> we're gonna get some young young bucks in here to carry the heavy to carry. Yeah. <laughs> but um we might have spent our whole careers working in a certain area. But what's God wanna do in us and through us in that next phase of life where we're not tied into a a forty or fifty hour work week yeah. and uh we have more discretionary time to yeah. give to him. Absolutely. And I think I think twofold of even before you're there of when do you retire? Sure. Because walking with people outside of the church um, from before of like sometimes the years constantly shift like you're doing all this math of can I do it now? Do I do it later? Yeah. Uh, is this enough to be comfortable? Is that enough to be comfortable? But I think including God in that conversation of and then just 
trusting that he will provide Mm -hmm. past that point and potentially open opportunities for other income to come in during retirement. Um, I mean, and it's even great for your health. The whole blue zones thing on Netflix that talks about like areas that are condensed with a lot of centurions, like people that have lived over a hundred, a lot of them continue to work. There's a guy who's like 103 years old riding around on a horse and, you know, he only does like three hours of work a day, but he's still out and about doing things and he comes to take a nap and spends time with the great, 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 great grandchildren that he has Mm -hmm. and and all these things. But um, it's one of those things of like keeping moving and keeping God in conversation of what this season looks like. And, And that's what's crazy about like life seasons is it can be a few months it can be a decade and so like sometimes we can get comfortable in the ones that are longer and be like well i've been doing this for eight years so obviously this long term and we don't even revisit the conversation yeah it's just this is what i'm used to and i'd like doing what i'm used to it's just reminded me of a book that I just finished um, because of my horrible time management skills uh, called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver uh, Berkman. Side note. What is the 4,000 weeks? Uh, that is the average uh, lifespan. Okay. Currently. And so, like, if you get it down to weeks, then it's like, oh, it feels more limited somehow. Mm-hmm. And, like, we only have so many of these. And how many are we already done? How many mm-hmm. do we statistically have left sure um and i'd highly recommend if anyone wants to borrow my office there's a great section about uh sabbath and how important sabbath is even though this guy uh isn't religious but in regards to today's conversation uh at the end of it there's five questions he says that we should ask ourselves about the human disease and the first question is where in your life or your work are you currently pursuing comfort when what's called for is a little discomfort Mm. And he goes into a small elaboration of like, yeah, I'll just read a little bit. The question circumvents the urge to make decisions in the service of alleviating anxiety and instead helps you make contact with your deeper intentions for your time. If you're trying to decide whether to leave a given job or relationship, say or to redouble your commitment to it by asking what would make you happiest is likely to lure you toward the most comfortable option Mm -hmm. or else leave you paralyzed by indecision. But you usually know intuitively, especially if you're talking to the spirit, he didn't write that, whether remaining in a relationship or job would present the kind of challenges that will help you grow as a person or that or the kind that will cause your soul to shrivel with every passing week. Choose uncomfortable enlargement over comfortable diminishment wherever you can. Mm -hmm. And like. There's a lot, like I could redo his last five questions and just throw spirit and God in a few things. And it's very pertinent questions within the faith. And so that's one of those things of like, you know, God can use you for much greater ways because we're walking in, in his will for our lives that sometimes the discomfort is what we should be striving for. Yeah. Which goes against everything in our American culture. Everything in our American culture is focused on what makes me feel most comfortable. What makes me feel, quote unquote, happy. Yeah. Right. 
and and that's the, the the battle of this almost this entire book is sadly though I'm reading a second book to make up for it. Uh, it's much more of a philosophical approach of mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, when you make plans, it's a this is your desire at that point, whether right. it comes to fruition or not. Sure. Even though you're going to say, oh, well, next week I will be golfing on this day. Well, if you get in a car accident the day before, you're not going to be golfing that yeah. day. Uh-huh. <laughs> or uh-huh. someone in your family died. Like all of these things that can shift that. And though we want to try and control time, we only have the now, this moment that we're currently in. And so as a Christian, are we worrying about the future or what's happened in the past when they're both in God's hand? And so is this moment, but we can directly interact with him now. Right. That's where he meets us. He is. I am. He's here in the moment. Grace for the men. And so how can we strive to do what he calls us to do now and leave the past to him and the future to him. And I think that is a very tough but also comforting way of moving forward mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking about being, though, in the moment as we wrap up this episode, uh, we just this week hit our 3,000 listens. Right, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. 3,001. All right. <laughs> We've made it. Uh, but, Jeremy, tell us what that means. So, we are hosting a giveaway so that by next week we'll have it announced. But um, before this Sunday, we would like uh, listeners to post on Facebook their favorite episode of the podcast and tag the church in your post, and then we will put all the names together in a wheel and select that as we are recording next week's podcast. And we will be giving away a handful of books to some of the people that participate in that, ranging from Jesus Outside the Lines by Scott Sauls, The Root of the Righteous uh, by A.W. Tozer, the quest for holiness um, taken by surprise, the one about the Asbury revival last year um, and a couple other good ones. And so if you would like the opportunity uh, to win one of those or also just show support for the podcast. And if it's been a blessing to you that you could share that blessing with some people on social media, utilize the influence that God has given you. That'd be great. And we look forward to uh, celebrating a, a little milestone for the podcast. Well, that's our conversation for today, but that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.